like I had seen all these different elements come into play of how fitness can impact your life and how like CrossFit was working for some people and how bodybuilding was working for some and now even the races and it was like okay now I have some tools I have a reason to do it let's go and that's really when I started training almost every single day and started seeing some pretty quick changes and it's just amazing because I, I realized, okay, yeah, there's a lot of things that I can't help. There are a lot of things that were taken out of my control very early, but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what God has given me the ability to impact. Like I, I can choose how I use my time. I, I can choose what I, my activities are. Like doctors, they can tell me, okay, your lungs are only working at 50 or 60%. Your heart's only working at 50%. They can't tell me what I'm going to do with that 50 or 60%. And it's been a crazy ride. This is episode number 107 with Stephen Douglas. Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Julie Fouché, family medicine resident and former CrossFit Games athlete. Here, I bring to you information and inspiration from experts and everyday individuals for how to use lifestyle to maximize health. Thank you so much for joining me. Now let's get started with this week's episode. Welcome back to Pursuing Health. I am very, very excited about this episode because we are doing something that we haven't in way too long on the podcast. We are bringing on a Pursuing Health podcast listener to share how he's used lifestyle changes to overcome some various serious health challenges. This 24-year-old young man's name is Stephen Douglas, and as you'll soon hear, he is wise beyond his years and has many important lessons to teach us all. Stephen has faced more obstacles than the average person, starting from birth with a heart defect requiring open-heart surgery, and you'll soon hear how that obstacle shaped his childhood and how another diagnosis and subsequent treatment at the age of 10 would lead him into what he calls a very dark place during his teenage years. It wasn't until the age of 20, weighing around 300 pounds and already diagnosed with elevated blood pressure, that one of his doctors told Stephen something that triggered him to make some big lifestyle changes. After seeing the CrossFit Games on television, he began to make some small changes, with, which led to a cascade of events so that now he's in the very best shape of his life. After listening to the podcast, Stephen had reached out to me with his story, and I was so excited to finally sit down with him for this episode to hear it firsthand. We talk about everything from what it's like to deal with a scary medical diagnosis as a child, to how he shifted his mindset from being a victim of his medical conditions to maximizing what was within his control, and how making some very big changes to his lifestyle has dramatically impacted his physical and mental health. Before we get started, I have a few quick reminders. First, this episode is produced by CrossFit Beyond the Whiteboard, the best workout tracking in the biz and one I've been using since 2009. You can learn more at beyondthewhiteboard.com. If you're enjoying the podcast, please head over to iTunes to subscribe and consider giving it a rating. I'm also always looking for inspiring stories to share, just like Stevens in this episode. So don't be shy. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send your story to me at info at juliefouché.com. Who knows? You could be featured on the podcast just like Steven in the very near future. Finally, please remember that although I am now officially a doctor, this podcast is meant to share the experiences of individuals and does not provide medical advice. So... With that, let's get started with episode number 107 of Pursuing Health featuring Stephen Douglas. Welcome 
Welcome to Pursuing Health. I'm Thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be here with you. This is going to be fun. Yeah, I'm um, excited. So this is Stephen Douglas, and we he has an incredible health journey story that we're going to get into today. Um, I'm really excited just to be sitting down with you and hearing more about your your story. Yeah, it, it's it's crazy because like I told you before, I've listened to your podcast for a long time and hearing all of these other athletes and hearing the mindsets and the tips that they gave helped me in my journey. And so even if just one person gets something from what I'm saying, then it's worth all the effort. So th- thank you for having me. I'm really excited about this. Awesome. Yeah, so. that is exactly what it's all about. So it's good to hear that, you know, that some of those episodes that you've listened to <laughs> have impacted you in some way and Absolutely. now we're kind of paying it forward. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> So, um, let's just start at the beginning. So I know, you know, everyone has dealt a certain hand in life. You came right off the bat from birth with a couple of obstacles. So can you talk a little bit about that? Uh, Yeah, it started out, like you said, right from the beginning, we had some major complications. Um, When I was being born, the the first one that we came across was um, when I was coming out, the umbilical cord had wrapped around my throat. And so every time the doctors were trying to pull me out, it kept choking me out and they weren't sure what was going on. They couldn't really figure it out. Finally, they get it cleared and I I get out and there was a period of time where I had no oxygen flow at all. Like I I wasn't breathing and, and my family had had some challenges with this before and so this was a nightmare scenario for my mom and dad yeah and when finally some time goes by and I start crying and coughing and my mom breathes a sigh of relief and she's like (laughs) all right he's alive he's making it and then uh, the doctor turns to her and says no that's not a good cry and so they take me out of the picture right away and put me in isolation for a long time and finally they come back and tell my parents that I was born with a heart defect and so I had tetralogy of Fallot, and that required me to go and have open heart surgery. Wow. So and that's, they found that out right at the time you were born. Right off the bat. They, wow. they found it very quick. And there were a lot of, like we said, there were a lot of complications. So they were covering all the bases they could just to make sure that everything was all good. And finally, uh, seven months of age and have open heart surgery. And we began to think that everything is okay. Um, but there, there were some small challenges in there too, because um, my dad, my, my dad's my hero without question. Um, but he was an athlete in high school, like a big athlete. And one of the biggest dreams that he had was to have a son that played sports, like played football, did yeah. all these great things. What sports did your dad play? Uh, he played football and wrestled. Those were the two big ones. Okay. Like his dad really pushed him to do athletics all the time. Yeah. And so he, those were the ones that he really clung to. And so he had this dream that he wanted a son that was out there like playing the sports and he was cheering him on in the right. roles reversed. Well, when the doctors are sitting down with my dad and my mom, uh, they inform him that because of my heart defects and because of some of the other issues, I should never play football. I I should never play these challenges. And I I can imagine my dad has never like blatantly told me that that was a shock or or that it was a disappointment, but I can imagine from how I would perceive it that that was a big blow. And so from that point on, the doctors pretty much said, hey, he's not going to be able to do everything that his peers can do. Mm -hmm. Um, You just need to be careful. And my mom, she's taking all these notes. My mom, basically, I think if you take all this research and study she's put into me and Mm -hmm. finding out what's going on (laughs) with me, she might have her doctorates. Um, No joke. She's probably more of an expert than some of the doctors on that specific Absolutely. As soon as anything came up with me, she was the first one to do research on it. And so for a long period of time, it, it was like she was monitoring everything I did and we couldn't I was living a normal life like I was out with my friends but we never pushed it too far um, we never really tried the sports thing because it was discouraged and I wouldn't say we had like 
this calm, relaxing lifestyle, but we were out doing activities, but fitness was never really like the big push. Like, like it so was, were you ever playing sports or anything as a kid? The, the closest I got to playing sports was, um, my church, they had this thing called upwards basketball. Okay. And so it was, I, I'm an extremely competitive person. <laughs> and so when they started doing upward, I, I get there and I realized they're not keeping score. Oh. And so as a, I'm, I'm like 11 years old, I'm like, what is the point of this? If we're not even keeping score, I don't know. And my dad, my dad's sitting there at the sidelines and he's keeping score. Like he's letting me know every time I come over, he's like, you're winning or you're losing. And I'm like, okay, because it was never on the scoreboard. And so it was like in those small, like, adaptable ways that I was brought into sports. Yeah. Like I could go to the Y and play with my cousins, do things like that. Okay. Um, but for up for like the first 10 years, it was pretty calm, mm -hmm. pretty normal. And you said you had some asthma too, mm -hmm. like early on. So they found that out roughly around the time where I had the open heart surgery. Okay. And, and so that's one of the big reasons why they were so cautious about letting me do athletics, okay. letting me do sports because they knew my lungs weren't functioning normally. My heart's not functioning normally. So we're not going to test it. Don't want to push it. Exactly. And so my, we had a pretty calm 10 years. And then uh, my dad has been in the military or retired a couple years back uh, from the Air Force. He spent 31 years in. Wow. And uh, he was deployed, I believe it was to Kuwait. And while he was deployed, um, we were at the dentist. And the dentist, they found this um, cyst growing in my jaw. And they... Want, they know that it needs to come out. So they refer us to an oral surgeon and we go and we get it checked out. We get it taken care of. And fortunately, this uh, doctor, he did a lot of follow-up because he, he doesn't want to just accept things for what they were. Right. He wants to see what the cause was. And so he starts pulling my medical records. And, and I remember sitting there and I, I was very nervous because my, my dad's gone. So I'm already in a mental, yeah. mentally challenged spot. And then my mom and I are sitting there. And he pulls up x-rays from when I was born and comes in, sits down, and I'll never forget this. He looks my mom and I in the face and says, your son has this genetic disorder called Gorlin syndrome. And it's an aggressive form of skin cancer. It causes thousands of basal cell carcinomas to go all over my body, um, brain tumors, jaw cysts, bone cysts, and, and starts listing off all of these issues. And honestly, I'm sitting there, and all I heard through that entire conversation was mm -hmm. cancer. Like, like so I'm, ten, only, I'm I mean, 10 years old. Once you say that word, there's exactly, yeah. and, and, and you're 10 years old. Oh I, and, and I'm sitting there, and they, what they described wasn't really cancer. Like that, that was genetic disorder, and Gorlin syndrome definitely is not cancer on its own. But all I heard was that, and I remember just locking down. Like my mom, I mentioned how she goes into full research mode with anything. Right. She just locks down. Like there's a good two to three days. I remember she doesn't leave the computer. Like wow. she's looking up she's as much as she can everything. and we're trying to get my dad back. Mm -hmm. Dad can't get back from overseas. And my sister, she's just trying to find out what's going on. Mm -hmm. And she's she just, older or younger? She's younger. younger. Um, my younger sister, Savannah, she's, she's been great. Like she was always the nurse one when I was uh -huh. going through this. She's making sure I was taken Aww. care of. She was huge support. That's so nice. Um, but as, as time went by, they started referring us to other doctors, dermatologists, and things like that, and ended up going, and they found tons of basal cells all over. And wow. and you had never noticed anything? I mean, we had never thought anything of it before. Mm -hmm. Like, it was no reason for us to right. look for it. And, and as and a 10-year-old, you're not really on the alert for exactly. skin cancer. Like, we were, all, we were so focused on the other things that were going on. Like, yeah. I was so focused on the idea of my lungs and my heart. Mm -hmm. and, and that's what my mom was focused on, too. Mm -hmm. So when we have something start with my jaw and mm -hmm. then end up into a full body issue, yeah. it, it, shock, it shocked us. And do they think that that, that the heart 
tetralogy or any of the lung issues are related to the Gorlin syndrome? Or are those they they haven't put those that? two together. Um, normally, it, with it being genetics, it can be passed on, but I was the first mutation okay. in, in my family. So okay. I, I'm the first one to start this. And lucky me, right? Yeah. Always got to be unique and exactly. original. <laughs> and and I, I say this all the time, and I love my sister to death, but I'm so glad that I was the one who had these instead of her. Mm-hmm. Not just in like the big brother protective way, yeah. but I'm a much better patient <laughs> than she is. Because if she has to get a shot, she's calling 911. Well she's about to just things. panic. Me, I'm sitting there. It's okay. It's it's life. It's old news for you. Exactly. Um, but with the Gorlin syndrome, it ended up pushing us towards some treatments that I wasn't really ready for. Okay. Um, it wasn't chemo or anything like that. They did this thing called photodynamic therapy, mm-hmm. uh, PDT. Mm-hmm. Have you heard of it? Mm-hmm. Okay. Perfect. Perfect. And so basically they go in and they find the cancer lesions. They put the medication on it, cover it for 24 hours, and then put me in this chamber and a laser burns mm-hmm. all, all, all the lesions sick. off. And so the first time they did this, my face, I had so many different spots on my face and everywhere. So when I woke up from amnesia, or not amnesia, <laughs> anesthesia, um, my eyes were completely swollen shut. Oh my, my mouth was swollen, everything. And so I'm sobbing and my mom is literally having to pull my eyes apart oh. just to get the tears to flow because it's burning. Awful. And we had to do that three or four times. Mm-hmm. Um, but fortunately, uh, the PDT, they believe, has actually taught my body to help fight okay. the basal cells. So I've been a good three to four years without having any basal cells found. Wow. We go to the dermatologist like every three to six months, mm-hmm. get full body checks, and we haven't found yeah. anything. That's amazing. So not that it was very painful and challenging in the moment, but at the same time, it was a huge blessing yeah. for how that played out. And so I've had over 20 major operations wow. in my life. And because of that. And are these like skin, like removal of skin lesions or other cysts? If we're going off like of that? just like the biopsies, like just yeah. going to the dermatologist and seeing how many spots I've cut off, I've lost count. Um, That's if just we're just going count. like cysts and the. Uh, heart and lungs things like that those major operations that's what we're counting okay um but as far as like biopsies i, I you don't count tell those you. as operations anyway i'm telling you it was to the point where i knew if we went to the dermatologist i was going to get biopsies yeah if i went to the dermatologist that meant i got a milkshake after we were done and i was going <laughs> to pull the victim card as much as i could yeah. to make sure i got some food <laughs> and so it, it was it was crazy because with all that going on and you feel with all these health challenges i, I didn't really care what else was going on mm-hmm. like my, my health took backseat like yeah. I, there was so much out of my control that I just and so over what time is this like your teen like so pre-teen teen years I would say from 10 to 16 mm-hmm. were probably the darkest time that I can remember mm-hmm. because this is where everything is hitting um dad is going different places he's yeah. being deployed um teen years are already challenging they're already challenging <laughs> enough <laughs> they're already for challenging anyone. oh my gosh and then when you add all this to the mix I just felt isolated yeah. and I, there were so many things that were taken out of my hands and, and I fell into a pretty deep depression and yeah. started really challenging with a lot of things and because of that I just went with what was comfortable and so I'm sitting on the couch I'm eating whatever I'm not having any drive to do anything and my health whatever I could help like my, my physical appearance and all of that just started going downhill too and, and so my weight skyrockets my blood pressure I'm already having a heart issue yeah. so blood pressure is something I got to watch it goes up and so your blood pressure was up when you were in your teens mm-hmm. Every, everything was going up because my I was very sedimentary I, I had no care what I was putting in my system and, and just sat back and felt like I had the perfect excuse to not care 
Right. Because my life was already falling apart and I had all of these challenges and my body's failing me. So I really don't feel bad about failing my body. Yeah. And it took a while for me to change that. And, and it honestly went like that till I was about 17 or 18. And, and it, it was pretty dark. And my mom, she would try different things um, to get my dad and I in particular. My sister has like ADHD out the door. So she's bouncing off the walls. It's very easy for her to burn calories. Very yeah. easy for her to stay active. My dad and I, we were good just sitting down yep. and doing whatever we wanted to do. Yeah. And so she would have ideas like making us watch The Biggest Loser <laughs> or something like that to try yeah. to encourage us, which kind of backfired uh. because it would be a Tuesday night and my mom taught a children's choir. Okay. And so on Tuesday nights, instead of cooking, she would bring us pizza. Uh-huh. So my dad and I are sitting on the recliner, eating <laughs> pizza, the watching The Biggest Loser, <laughs> expecting things to magically change. <laughs> and I, I joked around with mom about that. I was like, I'm going to say that on the podcast. She's like, don't make it sound like I was just <laughs> doing nothing. I'm like, okay, mom was trying. Mom was trying. But She's it, doing the best she can. It, it, was, it was really like she was just getting desperate. Yeah. And That's hard to see. First of all, obviously, she's doing so much research to mm-hmm. find out how to help you. And then... I mean, it has to be hard for any parent to see yep. your, your kids suffering in so many different ways and feel Absolutely. like you're not able to help them. And, and the toughest part through all of that was my mom homeschooled me and my sister all the way through okay. um, because of the military side and then because of my health issues yeah. with all the school that we were going to miss. And me, were you moving locations for you? We never really, really relocated from West Virginia. Okay. West Virginia was always home. There were short periods of time where we would move to another location yeah. just because dad was going for a class or, or somewhere else. We would mm-hmm. go with him. But as far as like picking up and moving for a long mm-hmm. period, never really happened. Um, and then was it hard for you? Did you have other communities or like ways to make friends while you were going through all this or were you pretty much just isolated with all of your medical conditions so up until i was about 10 i, I was pretty open and pretty out there with a yeah. lot of the group like i have a large family so i have a lot of cousins and, and that was more like brothers and sisters to me got it and then we have our church group and, and the homeschool groups things like that mm-hmm. but when i hit that really dark spot yeah. i pretty much cut myself off yeah. from a lot of people and at, we I hated being homeschooled at that time. Mm-hmm. I did because I felt like I had no other option but to be alone. Yeah. And it, I was pretty much banking everything that I was doing on the fact that there were so many things out of my control mm-hmm. that why should I even try to deal with the things I could? Mm-hmm. And that it, it took it took going to the doctor and a doctor looking me in the face and saying, you're not going to make it to 24 wow. if you keep this up. And my mom is sitting right there and she's starting to cry. And, and I look over and I love my family to death. And yeah. coming from the military side of things, we, we look out for each other. Yeah. And I'm like, I, this has got to change. Like, yeah. I, I can't do this. I can't put my mom in this situation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I started making my new changes. Mm-hmm. And I started listening to things, trying to gain experience, started listening to this. Mm-hmm. And I remember it was 2013. I just graduated high school and I was sitting on the couch just scrolling through trying to find something and came across this thing called the CrossFit Games. Mm -hmm. And there was this gentleman by the name of Rich Froning (laughs) and I'm sitting there (laughs) and I'm just watching this because it's perplexing. Like they're working out for, for, they're doing that on purpose. Like no one's (laughs) making them lift that weight that many times and they're just running and I'm just sitting there like, this is crazy. Yeah. And it just struck a nerve with me yeah. and the idea that someone was competing at that level it, it's not mm-hmm. running down and throwing a basketball in a hoop or, mm-hmm. or scoring a touchdown it's hey how far can you push your body yeah and I, I remember looking at that and my cousin Cody and I 
Cody was big into like the bodybuilding type training. And there unfortunately is like this persona about CrossFit with a lot of those typical bodybuilding gyms. Like it's it's a fad or whatever. And so when I started asking about lifting, he's like, man, you don't want to get into CrossFit. Like it's no, that's, that's (laughs) a fad. He's trying to get you to do bodybuilding. And then come to find out now this, I'll skip ahead. Both of us are in the CrossFit fully (laughs) and competing in the open. So yeah, it's come full circle, but it was, it was a challenge because I realized, okay, that there are some things that I can do. Yeah. A- and so it started changing and, and my whole life took off from there. Wow. I-, I think from like the 10 to 16 range, I, I definitely wasn't living. And mm-hmm. there were people who could have stepped up and said something to me. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, because of how I viewed myself and, and because of the situation that was going on, mm-hmm. I feel like they felt it was out of place for them to do that. Mm-hmm. Like if he's going through that, why am I going to go and say, hey, you're getting fat? Right. No, no one's going to say that to me. And, and so it and do you think if someone had said that to you, do you think it would have made a difference at that time? At that point, I don't think so. Yeah. At, at that point, I feel like I was so locked into just doing me mm-hmm. and, and tolerating life that mm-hmm. I, I wasn't going to accept anything else mm-hmm. if it had been someone like my mom or sister mm-hmm. maybe mm-hmm. but if it had just been someone from my church coming up i might have been ticked off yeah <laughs> and it like who are you to back- say you don't know exactly. my life or what exactly. i'm going through but no and then i just like i said things started taking off and it was small changes mm-hmm. um my friends uh andrew uh, i spent four years working at this camp called victory junction okay. which is uh, kyle petty's camp for kids with chronic and life-threatening illnesses okay this was a camp i got to go to when oh, i cool. was growing up yeah and so my first year there um some of my friends they went and did this obstacle course race called the tough mutter yeah and they came back and they were all amped up about it they had their shirts on yeah. and i'm way out of the shape and they're like even next year you're doing it with us uh-huh. like all right whatever no big deal <laughs> and the next year comes around and they hold me to that and yeah. they make me go and it's about a 12 mile course and they have like 30 obstacles and I'm at my heaviest. So I'm at, I'm, I'm getting close to 300. And this is before you had started really making it. Exactly. Okay. And, and so I'm, and you're like, just going to go do a tough mutter. I, exactly. Like I'm, I was not thinking this through and honestly I hadn't paid attention to what a tough mutter was until like two weeks before we went on the course because I'm like, all right, whatever, we're all going. And then I start looking at the obstacles yeah. and I start like, I'm going to die. Oh my God. And then I get there and everyone's like running around and doing backflips and, and doing all this. I'm like, I'm just going to go to the concession stand. Like I'll cheer you guys on. I don't, I don't care. But we went through it and I failed. I remember it plain as day. I failed every single obstacle that I attempted. Mm-hmm. I, I, I tried it, but I failed miserably. Mm-hmm. And every time I got up, I was like, okay, this is changing because mm-hmm. that's when my competitive side is kicking in yeah. like this is no this is not cool yeah Th- this is something's got to happen and so we finished it i walked most of it mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and was dying afterwards but that was kind of the jump start like yeah. i had seen all these different elements come into play of how fitness can impact your life and how like crossfit was working for some people and how bodybuilding was working for some mm-hmm. and now even the races and it was like okay now I have some tools. Mm-hmm. I have a reason to do it. Let's go. Mm-hmm. And that's really when I started training almost every single day wow. and started seeing some pretty quick changes. And it, it's just amazing because I, I realized, okay, yeah, there's a lot of things that I can't help. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of things that were taken out of my control very early, mm-hmm. but I'm not going to focus on that. I'm going to focus on what God has given me the ability to impact. Mm-hmm. Like I, I can choose how I use my time. Yeah. I, I can choose what I my activities are like doctors they can tell me okay your lungs are only working at 50 or 60 percent mm-hmm. your heart's only working at 50 percent 
they can't tell me what I'm going to do with that 50 or 60%. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it's been a crazy ride. And now all my friends, they're looking at me like I'm some super athlete just because I'm <laughs> in the gym like five, <laughs> five to six times a week. No, it's, I have to do that. Yeah. I, I have to keep going because I, I love the progress that I'm making and the impact that I'm having on everyone around me. I am mm-hmm. have a ton more energy and able to help in better ways. So um, it, it's been crazy. And I never thought I would be where I'm at. That's never amazing. thought it. It's amazing. Never. So when you said you, that the point where you first started really training and, and doing it almost every day, mm-hmm. what did that look like? Were you doing it kind of on your own? Did you join a, a CrossFit affiliate at any point? That, so that, that was the thing. In West Virginia, there was not too many CrossFit affiliates. Um, that was one of the spots where it, it's gotten better. Like there are boxes down there now, but there were no real affiliates in the locations when I was first starting. And so I would just go to the Y um, and they had their weight room there. And most of the time I would just train by myself. Like I would download some app, I would watch the program and I would just go. And eventually I got some people that I knew because you go down there enough, you form relationships. And so you start training harder. And it it was more of just going with what I have. And then when I moved to Michigan, I found Prison City and it it was definitely a unique experience because like I, I, we've clearly established and everyone who knows me knows I'm very competitive. I walk in and these are these huge beasts. Like these guys are (laughs) monsters. So this is mainly a weightlifting mm -hmm. gym, right? And I'm just blown away. Like, okay, this is nuts. Like I don't fit in here because it would be very easy for me to find the gym where at a certain time I can be the strongest person in there. It's very easy to find the time where you don't have to be challenged. And that's one of the things I love about CrossFit is it's not, hey, you just go until you feel uncomfortable. You go as far as you can. Like like you choose how far you can go. Like you're given a time limit. What are you going to do with this time? Like I can coast and I can only do 10 reps and I can be fine when it's done or I can just push it and go until I have nothing left. And I just love that idea of challenging because I'm not going to just sit back and be easy if I have no other choice. If, If I have other people pushing me and calling me out in areas it's sort of call me to do better yeah. and, and the guys at prison city man they definitely have done that and like i said it made competing in the open a challenge because there's no um bouncer no no what are the rubber plates the, yeah the rubber pla- yeah there's just bumper straight plates. no bumper plates mm-hmm. straight metal and then there's no medicine balls so the open was a challenge but, <laughs> and everyone was looking at me funny while i did it but now it's it's crazy and, and it's amazing when I look back I was given so many opportunities and so many things that I could have done differently but I just sat back because I felt like I had no other option and let life pass me by and I took that out on people that really didn't deserve it my mom put in countless hours trying to find out what was going on with me and she was always the one who was closest and so when I'm in that mood I, I lashed out at her the most and same thing with my sister and my dad but it, it's amazing, and it's such an encouragement when I'm listening to guys like Ben, and I, I hear their mindsets about how, hey, failure happens. There, there are times where you're going to mess up, and you're going to look back and say, I could have done this different. But there are also areas where you can see growth. Like, you messed up, but you made it farther. The second time I went back to a Tough mutter, I tried all the obstacles. I did not fail all of them. There Third time same thing kept making that progress and that that's what it's all about like that that's what pursuing health is pursuit is not something that there's a beginning and end it's it's always going it's not a yes or a no it's just constant exactly. progress exactly exactly that's amazing yeah. i love that um what so now kind of looking at where you're at now mm-hmm. compared to where you were around this what was it age 20, 20 18 20 18, around after yeah. high school um what are some of number one, the biggest like physical changes that you've noticed and then, or like 
kind of benchmarks that you've noticed mm. in terms of things that you're able to do now Absolutely. or weight. Um, and then some of the other maybe like mental changes Absolutely. or relationship changes that you've mentioned. So uh, as far as the PR, the gym goes, I thought it was really crazy when I first started because I thought I was really strong because mm-hmm. when you're 300 pounds, it's really easy to move yeah, you have certain a lot of weight, weight. So you feel like you're really strong. Yeah. But then when you start cutting the weight, it, it shows you, okay, <laughs> muscle <laughs> needs to grow. It's not quite there. <laughs> and so I had this goal of, I want to be able to do twice my body weight in like the deadlift, the okay. squat, and I doubt I'm going to get to bench press anytime soon, but that, that's my goal. <laughs> it's a goal. It's a and great goal. So I, I currently weigh 213, mm-hmm. which is the lightest I've been since middle school, basically. Wow. And I, I went to the gym a couple days ago and hit 405 raw deadlift Wow! and then hits on, on the machines I can hit a lot more but hit 405 on the deadlift and then on squat hit about 375 so I'm closing in you're, on that yeah, goal for close. two activities and it's it's crazy like I just love the idea of pushing it yeah and, with and the, the fact that you can probably deadlift and squat so much more now even though you're exactly what you said 85 pounds mm-hmm. lighter yep. than you were back then it, it, it's it's crazy and so it's the biggest thing is just seeing how my body's able to adapt like with all that weight for so long, I'm surprised my body isn't more beat up and damaged than it was. And I'm definitely not going to be anywhere near podium at the CrossFit Games or World's Strongest Man. But I'm able to achieve new PRs every day. I'm pushing through it. And even my cardio. Um, with my lung function, the doctors would always tell me, you're not going to be able to function the way other people are. I'm able to run. I'm able to do the same things that everyone else is doing. And, and now I do it for fun instead of something I have to do. That's amazing. And as far as the mentality. Well, oh, well what do your doctors say now after they've seen you go through this sort of transformation? It's, it's kind of crazy. Because um, some of the doctors that I started this journey with, um, they're either moved locations or, or quit practicing. So they haven't been able to be here full circle. But a lot of them, they see the changes and it, it floors them. Because... Uh, there are a lot of people who sit back and they hear what a doctor says and they take that for granted. Like, okay, I, I have this. I'm just going to tolerate life. I'm yeah. going to do what they tell me to do and, and I'm not going to push it. Mm-hmm. I, I kind of disobeyed. <laughs> like, like in a <laughs> lot of, ar- no, in a lot of areas, I, I did not listen to them. And so they, they watch me in there and I come in and just seeing, like even on my chart with some of them, it shows my weight like way up here. And now I'm steadily seeing that line drop down. It, it's a huge encouragement. And they've actually, I've got to talk to other patients from these doctors who are in similar spots. And it's a great opportunity just to show them, hey, you know, this is possible. Like, yeah, it might be risky. It's going to be painful. It's going to be tough. But it is possible. And even with my current job, I'm able to work with, I work at a camp called Youth Haven okay. in Rives Junction. And so we work with at-risk and underprivileged youth. Okay. And we're a very open, like, outdoorsy camp. So mm-hmm. there's a lot of running, a lot of activity. Mm-hmm. Stephen four or five years ago couldn't keep, keep up, up with these yeah. kids now i'm able to go out there i'm running with them doing everything they need to do and, and being active and so it's it's amazing how everything works out and the timing of it but i also look back and think okay what if i had taken this a bit more serious earlier on yeah but it, it's just the biggest thing for me now is just focusing on the things that i can't control instead of what i can't and with my dad being in the military when that's the culture that you know so long that was all i wanted to do when I was growing up until I was like 10 that was it like I wanted to be like my dad and then when I'm told you can't get in because of it it messed me up yeah now I actually did I went through and I took the ASVAB 
and, and I did like the physical test and everything and I passed that. Wow. And yet I still couldn't get in because of my heart and everything, which right. is understandable. But now I get to say, okay, everything that I could have done, like everything that yeah. was on me to get in there, I did. You did it. And, and I could have done it. Yeah. And so that was like a huge closure for me. That's so amazing. It, it was a big step. That's big really step. cool. I bet your dad is so proud of you too. He is. He is. Um, during that time, he and I did have a, a pretty rough patch because um, mm-hmm. he was coming back from deployments. I was in a dark spot. And, and so there for a long time, we were not exactly on the best of terms. Mm-hmm. But he and I are closer than ever. And, and even with me just working with kids and now for a living, he tells me constantly how much he loves it and how proud he is. And I actually called him before I came out here. I told him about the podcast. Uh-huh. So after you emailed me, uh-huh. he was like one of the first people I called. Uh-huh. I'm like, Dad, <laughs> I'm about to lose my mind. <laughs> and I told him, and he has no idea about CrossFit. Okay, yeah. He doesn't follow it. He knows yeah. about the games. That's about yeah. it. But he, he just was so proud and, and so happy to hear how this was going because he recognized the work that I was going in, doing and same thing with my mom and sister the whole family they just love it awesome. and, and it's 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 great to look back but again I in some ways I want to imagine what it would have been like if I had done this earlier yeah. like if those five or six years would have been so much more different if I had changed my view on it but it's interesting to think about I think it's it's cool too when you bring up kind of your dad and just changing focusing on what you can control mm-hmm. and changing your expectations and your goals. Like even from what you said from the very beginning, if your dad want, you know, imagining yep. I'm going to have a professional football player Absolutely. for a son or whatever, or your expectations of mm-hmm. I'm going to be in the military, mm-hmm. but then you during life, we're constantly having to adapt yes. our goals based on, you know, various, various variables that come up. And Absolutely. so it's amazing to see how you've been able to adapt and you're still maximizing exactly. everything that you have that's within your control. Um, and still, I think it seems like you're still very satisfied yep. and happy with that, even I, though you're not necessarily reaching that goal that you had when you were 10. I'm telling you, I'm in, I'm in a very good spot emotionally and mentally. Mm-hmm. And that has a lot to do with the growth that I've had mentally more than physically. Mm-hmm. Physically, I feel great. Yeah. But just be able to repair relationships that were damaged, mm-hmm. being able to focus more on the positive instead of the negative, mm-hmm. it it's changes your life. Yeah. And it, it really lightens things up. And it, it's the hardest thing for me because I, when I'm at the gym, I do my best because I watch and I see who looks like they are standing out. Because mm-hmm. especially like at New Year's, we all know at New Year's, <laughs> a ton of new people are coming in right. the gym. Right. And uh, uh, there's this idea that they're in the way. And, and like some people talk about how they don't want to accept them all. Look out, right. the New Year's resolution people are coming. Why are we talking about it like that? Right. Like, I had to have a breakthrough moment and I had to really have someone push me and yeah. I was definitely not this peak athlete when I did it. Yeah. So now I get to look out for them and mm-hmm. now that I'm in a spot where I have the respect of the other athletes, mm-hmm. where I'm in better shape, I, I get to make them feel more welcome, get mm-hmm. to bring them in and help them get started. And yeah. so it's all this idea of passing things on as soon as you learn something, you got to pass it on. And that's why I love this podcast. That's amazing. Well, what were some of the biggest things that helped you make that shift in your mindset from being more of like Mm -hmm. a, like a victim mindset of like, Oh, this is, you know, I have this, this, these diagnoses and I have this situation to looking at the positive and how can you maximize what's within your control? It was, it was definitely a tough process, but for the most part I was looking and I, I had some friends and family who had not had any health issues whatsoever. Like, like they were completely healthy, able to go and do whatever they wanted. And yet they sat back and they like wasted a lot of time and energy. And, and I remember getting so upset because I was like, man, if I had what you had, nothing would stop me right now. Like I, I would take on the world and everything would be great. And, but yet you're just sitting there and enjoying it. Like even guys at my dad's base, like they come in, oh, I just took the military as a last resort. I'm like, you realize what I would give 
to get into that. But I can't keep comparing to what if I had something because uh, there are going to be plenty of times where I don't get that. And so I just had to remind myself, listen, <laughs> this isn't going away. My, my, my heart's not going to be instantly fixed. My, my lungs are not going to just be full capacity when I wake up. I, I just have to make do with it. And now I kind of took it as a challenge. So the doctor tells me I'm not going to keep up. Watch me. Yeah, you're going to try. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor's going to tell me I can't lift as much as the guy's there. Okay. Uh-huh. Stay tuned. Yeah. <laughs> and it, it turns into a competition because, I mean, there are guys that I know I'm not going to be able to touch. Like when it comes to anything physical, I know they're going to smoke me. But at the same time, I have to look back and think, okay, if you had what I had, <laughs> is your mentality strong enough to carry you on? Like, would you be where I'm at right now if you had what I had? And, and that's not me like bragging and saying, hey, I'm great. It's saying, listen, this is a mental game for me more. Like I have to tell myself, like, I'm going to go do this. My body's telling me no. Doctors are advising me not to. I'm, I'm going to determine what I'm capable of. You're not going to be able to tell me what I can and cannot do. I'm going to go. I'm going to try it. If I fail, I fail. That's part of life. But I'm going to go knowing I put everything out there. And again, it's pretty cool when I look back and think of what is in my story, like all the challenges I face and see where I'm at now. Yeah. I'm like, I, like I said, I'm definitely not winning any major awards, <laughs> but just every day where I get to see myself grow and see those changes, that that's enough of a prize for me. And it's something I want to pass on to as many people as I can. That's amazing. Have you done anything specific for mental training or to, you know, how do you, obviously all of us still have days mm-hmm. that are hard or where we get into a rut where we're not, you know, in the best Absolutely. mental shape. So how do you overcome that or what do you do to kind of keep yourself on track so one of the best things i did when i'm at the gym most of the time now i'm no longer listening to music when i'm at the gym Mm. um i'm always trying to listen to either a podcast or message something that i can learn from while i'm doing something because my hands always have to be busy Mm -hmm. if i I was in school i was never the one just to sit there and read something (laughs) and then it's good no you have to show me how it works like I, i have to be active while this is going on and so I'll go to the gym and I'm going physically and all the while I have something in my ear that's helping me grow mentally and that's why I built up the routine of going to the gym as much as I can is if I'm in a bad rut I don't want to fall back to what was comfortable before and and I know how easy that is for me to do so if I'm struggling like if I'm just having a bad day at the office and I need to get away I'm going to the gym I'm going to go get my alone time I'm going to clear my head get something positive going into my mind and then I'm just going to tire myself out come back and then my head will be clear and so listening to guys like Ben Bergeron I'm listening to the CrossFit podcast, the Wide podcast. Um, there are, and especially a lot of the messages. Like my, my faith is a huge part yeah. of, of who I am, and that was actually one of the biggest pushes because when the Bible talks about how God wants us to do everything as if it was for His glory, mm-hmm. that means not just me sitting on the couch. Like I can't really glorify God if I'm treating the temple that He gave me right. like garbage. Right. And so, just growing in that spiritual area as well, while pushing myself physically, that's how I clear my head, so that physically I no longer feel like I have the energy to take on too much mm-hmm. and mentally I have plenty to think on and so it's just that idea of keeping myself busy so I don't have enough time mm-hmm. or or energy to fall back to where I did before it's amazing so. yeah and keeping that routine like knowing I think it's so for any of us if you miss a couple of days in the gym mm-hmm. it's so much harder to get back on track exactly than if you're 
you know, sticking with your routine and being consistent with it. My coworkers get on me for it because I'm extremely predictable with (laughs) with my day to day. It's like, I normally try to go to the gym before I get to the office Uh and then I will go at some point later that evening. Uh And so my friends know Steven is either going to be at work, (laughs) he's going to be at the gym (laughs) or he's out getting groceries. That's about it. (laughs) That's that's, that's Steven's routine. (laughs) And so they they get on me for it, but it's honestly, that's what I have to do. Like I I have to make it a priority. Mm -hmm. And I could have just sat back and go to the gym once a week and Mm -hmm. think I'm making progress. No, Mm -hmm. I want to be here for as many years as I can. Mm -hmm. With my health issues, I had never thought about family. I had never thought about a future because I didn't think I had one. Mm -hmm. Now I'm training for that. I I, want to be around down the road. I want to start a family, things like that. And it's, it's, whole new world basically i hate to do the disney quote but yeah yeah, it's it's a good use of it i love it yeah that's awesome so where you mentioned that it's been several years since you've had Mm. any type of Mm. um the skin cancers where are some of your other health conditions at now so uh my heart we just went to the doctor a few like six months ago Mm -hmm. and they put a halter monitor on just to do checks and everything and there's not any more leakage or anything like that everything is sealed up Mm -hmm. um but it is functioning at close like 60 percent i believe of what it's supposed to which is at the low normal okay um so no need for concern there Mm -hmm. um they are very confident because of how the surgery went Mm -hmm. they don't believe i'll have to go back for a second which normally is the case for Mm -hmm. people with that certain surgery and then same thing with my lungs like lungs are about 60 Mm percent everything sounds clear it's for what i have to work with it's Mm -hmm. the best that it's going to be and so it's it's been fun all the doctor visits are a lot less challenging now and your blood pressure blood pressure is doing great normal I, i was put i was doing great with that and then even my sugars and levels like that i was getting close the way i was eating yeah. diabetes was in the cards yeah. and now, now which is so much. A, you know a crazy thing but it's a real concern for a lot of kids and mm-hmm. teenagers these days which is just it's a little bit terrifying to think you know if you've already got some of these chronic health conditions yep. at that young age what your future really exactly. looks like so it's amazing that you know, people can look to you as an example yeah. of how this can be turned around. <laughs> now, it's it's crazy because everything that, especially with my generation and, and what's coming up now, they have everything so easy. Mm-hmm. Like they have access to media or entertainment within yeah. seconds and they don't have to go and do fun stuff. Like my parents locked me out of the house multiple times to make <laughs> me go and run. Yeah. Whereas here they just sit down and it, it's not a push. Right. And, and especially for kids who are coming from a similar spot as me and they have those challenges already, mm-hmm. that they're put behind the eight ball immediately. Mm-hmm. And unless they have people who are willing to be straight and honest with them and have the opportunity to grow in that and see how life can be different mm-hmm. that's that's gonna be a huge thing for them to overcome and, and it, it terrifies me like, it does it yeah. does we've spent the last few weeks in my residency we've been focusing a lot on um it's a, this rotation called health promotion mm-hmm. so we're focusing a lot on like lifestyle behaviors and preventive health and we've been talking a lot about childhood obesity Absolutely. and social media and all these things and it is it's just terrifying to yeah. think of a lot of what kids are being exposed to and what kind of a standard of living exactly. is these days and how can we help um, help them to establish healthy habits from a young age. I mean, I feel like, especially with like you mentioned the social media, I feel like we're getting attacked on two sides mm-hmm. because they have everything so accessible that they don't have to go out and get it. And so the healthy living lifestyle is not being pushed. At the same time, if you choose not to go that route and things start to go south, then it's very easy because of social media for everyone to jump on you. And with a lot of the kids that I work with, we deal with that a lot. Like it, they see how quick it is for someone to jump on them. 
everyone's opinion matters. And, and in today's day and age, it's very easy for them to voice it. Yeah. And I, it was something I dealt with, like, mm-hmm. especially when I first started going to the gym. I was the fat guy at the gym that mm-hmm. no one wanted to be around. Yeah. You have to get through that. And, and you have to realize their opinion, yeah, it, it's their right to say it. They can say whatever they want to say, but it's not going to impact what you do. Like, you have the ability to fix it. You have the ability to change it. They can say whatever they want. doesn't mean anything. Like a lot of people thought I was never going to lose the weight. I did. Proved them wrong. The doctors, they <laughs> thought I wasn't going to be able to keep up. Uh, it, it's the same thing. And it, it just really just, it's their decision. Like like you have to have the mental strength and you have to decide you're worth the effort. Like you're, you're worth the priority. And even if you have a challenge that's going on, like if you have something that you feel is taken out of your hands. I was watching the feed for the Arnold. Um, there is a guy, I, what is his name? Miles... There's this young man I've been following for a while. I'm having a problem with his name, but he has cerebral palsy. Okay. And he is a power lifter. And I've been following him for a while. And yeah. all of his stuff, like he's he's not throwing up like crazy weights or anything, yeah. but he's up there and he's lifting. And he was just on the Arnold stage. That's amazing. Deadlifted 187, I believe. Oh, And wow. he just got the huge crowd going for him. Yeah. That's a young man who had his whole life just shook before he even had a chance. Yeah. Like he was put behind the able. Yeah. He chose he's going to fix it. He chose he's going to go and he's going to do things. And it put him in a stage where he never thought he's going to be. Right. Like, honestly, I'm a redneck from West Virginia. I'm not supposed to be <laughs> talking to someone who made it to the CrossFit Games <laughs> or on this podcast. And I'm definitely not a health professional. But uh-huh. if you're willing to put in the effort, it can yeah. take you places you never expected. It's, it's so crazy. True. It's so true. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned a couple of your goals, mm-hmm. like your double body weight deadlift mm-hmm. and squat and maybe starting a family is there anything else that you're really focused on now as you look toward the future i've never besides like the military time when i was looking at things and and that was all i wanted to do Mm -hmm. i've never really been one to just plan ahead Mm -hmm. because of the health stuff you always are just taking one day at a time time. because Mm -hmm. you don't know how quick things are going to change and so i've always been one just to sit back and enjoy what what's happening like i've got the tour and and do some fun stuff like that and do a lot of security work but right now it's i'm enjoying where god has me i'm working at youth haven it's an amazing ministry and the family atmosphere that we have there with the staff i i love it and it's everything is in a good spot and i'm just waiting for god to write this next chapter i don't know what that holds i don't know what is going to come from it but i just know that he's taken me this far and he's brought me on a crazy ride so whatever he has in store i'm gonna go with there is a plan. Yes, ma'am. There is a plan. That's awesome. Absolutely. Um, any advice that you would give to someone, like maybe yourself when you were 16 years old or someone who's in that situation who has a challenge, they're kind mm-hmm. of in a rut where maybe they have this, just this attitude of, you know, being a victim mm-hmm. to their condition or their the cards that they were dealt. Absolutely. What advice would you give them or how would you help them to get through that into this next stage? I, I think the biggest thing is, you're only a victim if you let yourself be one. Like there, there's a lot of things, especially in the health realm, that you can't outmatch. Like you, yeah. you can't change. And so if you're just sitting back and waiting for someone to make your road easy, that's not going to happen. Like even with all the advancements that they're having in medicine and, and the changes there, they're not going to be there where everything falls into place perfectly for you. You don't have to fight for it. And, and you're going to have to realize, okay, maybe I can't do as much as this guy. But if I'm doing something, it's more than what I'm doing now. So it's not comparing yourself to what everyone else is doing. I I hate the idea that fitness is like this competition. Like if I'm going to the gym, I don't need to be able to lift more than him. He's been here. He's been doing his own thing. If he's at that weight, cool. If I'm at the gym, I'm going to do what I'm at. 
and yeah. that's um, that's me growing right. instead of looking at what he's doing I want to know mm-hmm. I'm doing my best and that's all I can do and it's such a tough thing too because that's where I think all a lot of these feelings come from and like mm-hmm. we talked about social media or we talked about comp- making comparisons to other people who just are com- in completely different Absolutely. situations have been dealt a completely different set of cards mm-hmm. and it's so easy I mean as humans that's just kind of what we do is yep. we compare ourselves to people who are around us and sometimes it's good if it's someone who's maybe inspiring or yep. someone who's setting a good example and you want to try to um, kind of follow in their footsteps Absolutely. but then it can definitely be a negative thing too if True. you're only focused on um, you know not being good enough mm-hmm. or compa- in comparison to other people I mean everyone's story is different and everyone's challenges are different and so you and I might be facing similar things but because of how we handle it this part of it might be more challenging for me and that part might be more challenging for you. So if I'm just looking at how you're handling it and and saying, oh man, she's handling that much better than me. (laughs) Why am I not able to keep up? That's sort of put me behind anyway. And like, I'm extremely competitive and I I get the idea of comparison and that was something I still struggle with to Mm -hmm. this day. I don't think you ever really get over it. Mm -hmm. I, I think you just have to constantly remind yourself that you're not focused on them. Like mm-hmm. their work isn't going to do anything for you. Mm-hmm. Your work is not going to do anything for them. Mm-hmm. Their life is theirs. Your life is yours. And if you spend so much time focusing on what someone else is doing, you're just going to become a little worse version of them. Mm-hmm. Whereas I, I just, I just want to be <laughs> I me. I, I just want to be me. I, mm-hmm. I don't want to be another guy at the gym. I don't want to be someone else. I don't even want to be another Matt Frazier. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, it would be great to be at his level, but right. I, I don't want to be that if that's my sole aspiration. Mm-hmm. I would much rather have my own journey, write my own story, and just see how it goes from there, knowing I gave my best effort. Mm-hmm. And that, that's not always easy for a lot of people to get. And no. I, I'm coming from the military background and coming from the farm where it's basically like you pull yourself up, like you've got to get work done, yeah. you go. And that was pretty much put into me from a young age, and I still struggle with it. Mm-hmm. So I can imagine for a lot of people who've never experienced that, it's it's crazy. Mm-hmm. But you just have to realize you're worth the effort. Your life is yours. And nobody, no doctor, no friend, no family member can tell you what you're capable of. Mm-hmm. You're the only one who can determine that. That's amazing. Yep. All right. So I finished with three questions, which I'm sure okay. you're familiar with. <laughs> yes, ma'am. You maybe have thought about your answers already. Um, the first one is three things that you do now on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact on your health. Uh, so the first thing is I make sure that I get up early and start my day off in the gym because okay. I make sure that that is the first thing that I get to mm-hmm. because if the day gets crazy and things are out of line, then I'm not going to have time to invest it. I love how Ben Bergeron puts it. If you win the morning, you win the day. Yes, so that. if it's important to you, I want to get that done. Mm-hmm. So the gym is one of the first places I go. I love that. I've been doing that this year has been the first year mm-hmm. I've really been doing morning workouts where it's been kind of feasible with my schedule and absolutely it's so much better and I'm so much more likely to get the workouts in oh yeah than if I wait and do it later in it's the day. a lot harder to get friends to go with me to the gym mm-hmm. I'm like hey I'm gonna be at the gym at 5 30 right they're like what, what? <laughs> uh, I'm pretty sure they were shocked because some of them might have realized that the 5 30 happens two times a day I don't <laughs> think they knew that but, <laughs> but no uh, the gym is definitely the first one uh-huh. and then I have to get my uh, devos time in and get okay. my devotions and my reading in before things get started and do you f- have a specific book that you follow or do you 
it's schedule pretty much I just wing it. So my, my Devo time is basically me and my Bible. And then if I have another book that I'm reading, I will set some time for that as well. Um, like I, Chasing Excellence or You Can't Hurt Me, books like that. Um, reading through that just to make sure I'm getting it from both sides. And so growing my body physically and mentally before anything else happens. Love it. And it also gives me the mentality of, okay, I just learned something mm-hmm. or I just read something that is going to help me through the day. Mm-hmm. So if I get there in the office and things are going crazy and everything's hitting the fan, yeah. I now have that mentality to go back on instead of oh okay I just went through a crappy day Mm -hmm. and now I want to go recover from it right it's a lot easier if I get that started with that and so going to the gym first thing my devos time and then this is going to sound kind of childish, but I always make sure I call my family. Yes, that doesn't sound childish at all. That's amazing. I always make sure that I have at least one call with my mom and dad every day. Um, mm-hmm. I'm about six hours away from them now, but I make sure in an effort to call them mm-hmm. because, I, like I said, <laughs> my life's been kind of crazy yeah. and one day can change everything. Yeah. But I want to make sure that they know I love them, mm-hmm. they know I'm there, and keep up with them and my mm-hmm. sister as well. And so it's th- those are the three things that I do. That's amazing. It's so true. The relationships and family and friends are the most important. So, and we are, we often, I think, take that for granted oh, yeah. and don't put in the time. Oh yeah. That's needed. Yeah. All right. What about one thing that you think would have a big impact on your health, but you have a hard time implementing it or you haven't tried it yet? Hmm. <laughs> <laughs> um, It would be great if like Chick-fil-A would go out of business. <laughs> um, but in some ways for the physical side of it, I'm great with that. On yeah. other sides, I love it. But no, um, basically I, I like the idea of a cheat day. Like that was something that really helped me because I would be really strict with my diet up yeah. until a certain point. Then on one day I would have let it go. Yeah. But at the same time, if I'm going to try to optimize this, I, and then I can't have a cheat day every two weeks. I can't have it every week. And so the idea of just cutting that eliminating so that my diet stays streamlined and stays consistent all the way through. Um, that, that's my next step. That's a challenge that's coming up. Not really looking forward to it because yeah. my cheat days were great. But Well, it's a readjustment too of like what is, I mean, I think there's something to be said for not being so restrictive in your diet that True. you feel like you're depriving yourself all the time. True. But a difference in a cheat day between like a well-cooked grass-fed hamburger versus a fast food hamburger or something like that you know yes ma'am um but variations of of the same but i i can agree with that sentiment absolutely absolutely um last question is what does a healthy life look like to you someone who doesn't just accept what is easy someone who's always pushing to get better Um, whether that be with your diet, whether that be with relationships, with your work at the gym, someone who's just always trying to improve instead of just sitting on what is comfortable or easy. Um, Because if we're basing fitness or health on output or what someone is capable of doing in the gym, then that goes back to that competition mindset. Whereas if we're just looking at, okay, I'm doing everything I can in all these categories, that if that's all you can do, like if I get to the point where my max is at 380 and that's all I can do, cool. You're but still going to be happy with exactly. it. Exactly. I'm yeah. putting out all the effort I can and then that's going to allow me to expand because health is universal. Like it's not just on the physical side. It's the emotional and mental and spiritual side as well. And so if one is out of whack, it throws everything out. So if you're putting your max effort into making sure that all of those characteristics, all those categories are covered, then you're going to be having a healthier lifestyle. And it's not going to be easy per se, but it's definitely going to be bringing you to your max and pushing you to get better every day. 
I love it. Perfect note to end at. You're a wonderful example of that. And it's so amazing to hear just the complete 180 transformation that you've made over these past few years. And how, how old are you now? Uh, I'm 24. 24. Yes, okay. Ma'am. So it wasn't, I mean, what? It was just in the past five years yes, or ma'am. so that you've yes, made ma'am. these huge changes. And I'm sure, you know, over the next five or 10 years, we'll see it's, even more progress. I, I got I got a couple of things on my bucket list that yeah. I, I want to get to. And it's going to take a lot of work and might be a bit of a stretch, but but it's on my, my, my list. Anything so. that you want to dare to put out there on the podcast? Well, well since I've comp- worked on the open just in the past two years, mm-hmm. um, my goal before I die at some point, hopefully, whether it be as a master's athlete or whatever, is I would love to get to make it to regionals. Mm-hmm. Um, that, that, that's a huge one. And honestly, I just want to go to the CrossFit Games even as a fan. Yeah. Like, that, that's oh my all gosh. I want to do. That's a great. I So I have, I was looking back at like this journal that I kept when I was little of things I want to do before mm-hmm. I die. And on there was go to the Olympics. But oh, I, nice. I remember specifying very clearly in my head. It just said, go to the Olympics. I going to have to qualify for the exactly. Olympics. But I just want to go and see it and watch and take it yep. all in. It's, so. it's like the, the CrossFit Games and the Arnold. Mm-hmm. Those are the two. The Arnold's happening right now. Yeah. And I, I was honestly like, okay. I'm, I'm Arnold... Julie. Yeah, Julie wins. Julie wins. Oh, wow. <laughs> that is saying a lot. I am honored. <laughs> no, no. It's, it's been, f- I've been trying, ever since I started this journey, I've been trying to get to the Arnold because it's yeah. like this condensed area of you all these fit it. people. Next and year you have to go. It's a goal. Like I yeah. thought I had everything lined up for this week year <laughs> and then I ended up having to work uh, and okay. then I had to change my hotel, had to yeah. cancel all of that. But then fortunately, I, something really cool came along awesome. and now my weekend is pretty cool too. <laughs> So, <laughs> well, it works out I'm well. glad that worked out. But yeah, maybe next year. Next year, you'll have to go for Absolutely. sure. It's Absolutely. It's a, a very fun experience. That's what so I've heard. So much fitness in one place. It's crazy, right? <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Very but crazy. And then someday you'll have to go to the games too and watch. It's a fun time. I, I'm, I'm working on that one. I'm, yeah. I'm working on that. Now that you're yeah. in the Midwest, it's like, it's, it, not it's that closer. Far away. It's really yeah. not that bad. Like, yeah. I honestly, we were working this summer and I honestly asked my boss, I'm like, listen, Madison's only like six hours away. I could go for like two days, come back, yeah. and then I, I won't miss too much. I'm like, well, we appreciate the thought, but <laughs> we'll think no. about it. <laughs> no, we need you here. I'm like, all right. So I'm planning a time off request for the games this year, hopefully. Nice. But awesome. If they hear this before, I've submitted it. I'm sorry, but I want to try. <laughs> <laughs> huh? Awesome. Well, thank you so much for sitting thank down. Thank you so with much me, for having me. For sharing your story, for being so open about it, and we look forward to seeing Perfect. what else you accomplish in the next it. five, ten, fifteen decades beyond that. So. Uh, who knows? Maybe I'll see you at the game someday. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> I can see it now. Awesome. Yes, ma'am. I'm sorry. Thank Thanks. you. Thank you so much for tuning into this episode. I loved hearing Stephen's story and getting to know him a little bit better through our conversation. There are a few important takeaways that I had from our chat. Number one is to play the hand you're dealt. Unfortunately, we're all dealt a different hand in life, and sometimes it may seem unfair, but we all have the opportunity to maximize the variables that are within our own control, just as Stephen learned to do. It's amazing to see how happy and fulfilled he is today now that he's doing so. The second point that I took away from our conversation was about the importance of relationships. It was clear from the beginning of our conversation how much Stephen cares about his family and how much they care about him, what his mom did to research all of his medical conditions, his dad's support and his dad acting as a role model in the military when he was growing up, the support of his sister, 
Um, it really came through towards the end of the conversation when Stephen talked about one of the things he does on a regular basis that have the biggest positive impact as in his, on his health, which was connecting with his family at least once a day. And it really is true. Relationships are everything. And without the people in our lives, it doesn't really matter how healthy we are if we don't have those relationships and we don't put the energy into them that they deserve. The third point that I took away from our conversation was not to let others' expectations limit what you are capable of. So many times, maybe Stephen's doctors um, didn't want him to try exercising, or maybe they didn't even think that he was capable of making such a dramatic lifestyle change. Um, But he was really focused on just trying to get a little bit better every day and trying not to let anyone else's expectations limit what he was able to do. And clearly he was able to suppress a lot of others' expectations as well as a lot of the expectations that he had for himself, I'm sure. So that's what I took away. I'd love to hear a little bit more about what your takeaways were from this episode. You can share them in the comments below this post on my website, juliefouché.com or on social media using hashtag pursuing health. To make sure you never miss an episode and to receive exclusive content from me, head to my website, juliefouché.com and subscribe to my email list. If you like what you heard, don't forget to subscribe and consider giving the podcast a five-star rating on iTunes. Also, don't forget to share your stories. If you or someone you know has used lifestyle to overcome a serious health challenge, please send me an email at info at juliefouché.com. I'll choose some of these inspiring stories to share here on future episodes. Don't forget you can train with me through Beyond the Whiteboard by visiting trainwithjuliefouché.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and I'll catch you next time on Pursuing Health. Have you tried out Thrive Market yet? If not, you are definitely missing out. What are you waiting for? Thrive Market is an online marketplace on a mission to make healthy living easy and affordable for everyone. It allows you to shop for thousands of the best-selling non-GMO foods and natural products, always at 25 to 50% below retail prices. But as a Pursuing Health listener, you'll receive an additional 25% off your first purchase, plus a free 30-day trial if you visit www.thrivemarket.com forward slash ph. My husband, Danny, and I shop for our staple grocery items using Thrive Market. Things like nut butters, cooking oils, snacks, dressings, coffee and tea, personal care products, eco-friendly cleaning supplies, and non-toxic beauty products. It has helped us to stay on track with our busy schedules during medical training, and we know all their products are coming from a curated list that we can trust. So no matter what you're looking for, whether it's paleo, vegan, ketogenic, gluten-free, non-GMO, fair trade certified, or any of 80 plus other types of products, you can easily find them on the Thrive Market platform at prices 25 to 50% below retail. Even better, these items are shipped straight to your doorstep so you don't have to worry about the time or hassle of grocery shopping. Thrive Market's mission is to make healthy living easy and approachable to everyone, and this aligns perfectly with my own personal mission and that of pursuing health. Because it has been such a lifesaver for me, I wanted to share the benefits of Thrive Market with all of you, and they've responded with an amazing offer. So head to www.thrivemarket.com forward slash ph to receive 25% off your first purchase plus a free 30-day trial. Again, this is on top of their already 25 to 50% below retail prices. So why not try it out and do your grocery shopping from home this week? I hope you can take advantage of this offer and enjoy their service as much as I have. Once again, that website is thrivemarket.com forward slash ph to learn more. No discount code is necessary. Just shop around and the discount will be applied at checkout. This episode is brought to you by Siete Foods. 
You know, when you meet a group of people who are just so genuine that you can't help but treat them like old friends or family? Well, that's how I felt when meeting the Garza family, the founders of Siete Foods. Siete Foods is a healthy Mexican-American food brand that makes grain-free and paleo-friendly tortillas, tortilla chips, quesos, and hot sauce. My husband and his family first met the Garzas at PaleoFX several years ago, and they had an instant connection and have kept in touch ever since. Maybe it's their powerful origin story that makes them so relatable. Veronica Garza was facing a series of major health challenges as a teenager. Her entire family of seven jumped on board to help. Together, they adopted a low-inflammation, grain-free diet. But as a Mexican-American family living in South Texas, they couldn't imagine life without tortillas. And it wasn't long before Veronica came up with a delicious solution and Siete Foods was born. After years of enjoying their delicious, grain-free, dairy-free, and paleo-friendly tortillas, tortilla chips, queso, and hot sauces, I finally had the chance to meet the Garzas in person, and they immediately made me feel like a member of the family. Their passion for making the world a healthier place is contagious, and their generosity spreads to everyone they touch. I'm so excited to have Siete Foods as a sponsor of this episode, and if you're not already a fan of their products, I promise that you will be as soon as you try them. They've provided an exclusive discount for Pursuing Health listeners. Just use code JULIE when you check out on sietefoods.com to take advantage of their offer. Again, their website is sietefoods.com, S-I-E-T-E-F-O-O-D-S.com, and you can use code JULIE for 10% off your order. 